Hello and welcome to this episode of CFA Institute's Take 15. I'm Steve Horan, Head of Professional Education Content at CFA Institute, and I'm joined here today by Mark Armbruster, CFA. Mark is President of Armbruster Capital Management, a wealth management services firm in upstate New York, and he's going to spend some time helping us understand ETFs. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Mark, the ETF market has taken off over the last 10 plus years, 10 to 15 years. There's, I think, over a trillion dollars invested in 800 different ETFs, in, at least in the United States. Right. And um, they cover a lot of different niches, well, geographic niches, sector niches. And so um, there's a lot of choice out there and that kind of can bring confusion. So. Um, help us cut through that confusion and, and give us a sense how it is that ETFs are different from a traditional mutual fund. Well, ETFs and mutual funds are both pooled vehicles, which means if you buy a single share, you get exposure to a lot of different uh, underlying investments, whether it's stocks or bonds or some other asset class. So they're a very convenient way to diversify your portfolio. However, <coughs> ETFs, I think, have a cost and a, and a cost advantage and, adva and an end and an advantage on the tax side um, because they trade fundamentally different from a regular mutual fund. You buy and sell ETFs uh, through your broker. They're listed on an exchange. You don't, you don't go back to the fund company or the fund sponsor. Uh, operationally, it's cheaper for them to maintain those funds and they can pass along that, ca that cost advantage to their investors. Um, also, ETFs have a unique, uh, fairly sophisticated creation and redemption process for their shares. And that process actually only applies to larger investors. Smaller investors would still buy and sell through their broker. Um, but for these larger investors, they're able to create and redeem shares, which helps maintain the price, the market price of the ETF very close to its net asset value. So you don't get a lot of premiums or discounts uh, in, in the funds. Uh, and also, it, it helps maintain the tax efficiency of the ETF through that creation and redemption process, which is one of the most powerful uh, benefits of ETFs, in my opinion. Well, that all sounds great. So, um, are ETFs problematic for investors in any way? Yeah, you know, it's important to remember that ETFs are not a separate asset class. They're really just a wrapper. Um, so, when you're making any investment, you need to understand the characteristics of the asset class that you're investing in, uh, most ETFs are still index funds. They're, they're, they, they track a particular uh, market index. So you need to understand the characteristics of that index because they're all a little bit unique. And then you need to understand the characteristics of the fund itself. Um, some ETFs can be very concentrated in very, very narrow industry segments of the, of the stock market. And that's not necessarily appropriate for everybody. So you want to make sure that whatever you're investing in, it matches up with the risk, the, the risk and return uh, characteristics of the fund match up with your long-term investment objectives. That makes that makes great sense. There's a, a a class of ETFs called leveraged ETFs, and some people lump, lump inverse ETFs in there. Um, are they a useful tool for the average investor? They're they're very controversial right now, and I would say for the average investor, they're they're somewhat problematic um, because of their their time horizon. These funds are actually actually have performed right in line with what they're supposed to do, but what they're supposed to do is to track the market on a very short-term basis. In fact, the, the time horizon for most of them is a single trading day. Um, so if you're a day trader and you're looking for a trading vehicle, uh, then, then these funds are very appropriate. But if you're a longer-term investor, 
then uh, probably best to leave these things alone. Okay, that sounds like Sage Council. Uh, now there's another product that's a similar to an ETF, um, and that's an exchange traded note or an ETN. Um, what do we need to be aware of there in comparing the two? Yeah, the industry has been very innovative, and they've come out with a lot of different structures. There's actually hedge funds and partnerships and, and, and all kinds of different uh, legal structures now within the what they call the ETP or exchange traded product uh, industry. Exchange traded notes are the most popular, next to exchange traded funds, um, and I think. There, it, it's a nice, it's a nice alternative, but you do need to be worried because sometimes the tax treatment of ETNs is different than what it is for ETFs. Um, also, exchange-traded notes, as the name would imply, are really debt instruments. It's, it's a corporate bond, um, and, and, and it's a general obligation of its issuer. So you've got to be careful. There is some default risk or counterparty risk, and if if you buy an ETN that's issued by BlackRock and BlackRock falls on hard times, uh, you could find yourself uh, with, with a vehicle that's not worth a lot of money. Well, if the last 10 years has taught us anything, it's taught us that there is such a thing as counterparty risk. So um, would you say that there are situations in which it might be better to forego using an ETF um, and go with a direct investment in the underlying asset or some other means to gain that exposure? Yeah, generally ETFs uh, do a very, very good job on, in the stock market and stock equity investments, domestic, international. Um, you know, they've really democratized uh, the world of alternative investments where you can now get exposure to currency strategies and commodity strategies and all kinds of things that would have been only available to institutional investors years ago. But they don't necessarily do a great job in every part of the market. Um, one that comes to mind is fixed income, bonds. Um, I don't think that the tracking error or the way that the ETFs have, have tracked their underlying benchmark has really been satisfactory in the bond market. So there, um, where you can get exposure to the same types of investments using an open-ended mutual fund rather than an ETF, I think the, the mutual fund option is, is a better one. Fabulous. Mark, thanks for helping us understand exchange-traded funds. Absolutely. Thank you, Steve. And thank you, our viewer, for joining us. To browse our collection of other multimedia products, Visit us online at cfawebcasts.org. Copyright 2010, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.